Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, some of the Twinkle EYFS team, special guest speakers and other early years practitioners as we talk honestly about our experiences. Whether you're listening for CPD, on your commute or to help you relax, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Hello lovely listeners, it's Shana here from the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast here with another great episode to entertain you and educate you today. Now before we get into our main interview with an author for early years books, we're going to have a look at some advice that you guys have been sharing on our social media. So let's take a look. One of the questions we asked in our Facebook group was, what are your go-to songs, rhymes and games when you have a spare five minutes to pass? So here are some answers from our followers that might help you. Someone said the song If You're Happy and You Know It or Jelly on a Plate. I've used those, those are really good ones. Another one of our members say playing Simon Says is a great one or Freeze Dance. I'm guessing that's like musical statues, right? We've got some more lovely nursery rhymes and songs, Five Little Ducks, Dingle Dangle Scarecrow, Wind the Bobbin Up, and Shake Your Sillies Out. That's a good one to burn off some energy. Another one of our members said Pop-Up Pirate Game. It's great for turn-taking and quick and easy to set up. That's a good one. Never done that before. Some good games are What's the Time, Mr. Wolf, maybe a little hide-and-seek, and I Spy Using Colour to fill your five minutes. That's a great one. Another one of our group members said any action songs, Wheels on the Bus, Baby Shark, One, Two, Three, Four, Five. Very good. Yeah. Singing and acting all in one. I love it. Another one has suggested a shoe game. You sit in a circle, all shoes are in the middle. One or two children are chosen to pair up the shoes and hand it back to the right child. Social skills and independence building. I love that. I feel like with me, it might take more than five minutes though. <laughs> And quite a few of you have said sleeping bunnies. Oh, is that anything like sleeping lions by any chance? If so, I'm in. Just in case you were stuck with five minute fillers, some great suggestions by our group members there. That was a question that was put in our early years practitioner group on Facebook. And if you're not a member of that group already, come and join in, come and join in the conversations. It's a great group where people really support each other and ask each other questions about how they do things in their setting. And we just, we like to share our experiences and help each other out and have funny questions like that, of course. So now we're on to our main part of today's episode, and it is a wonderful chat with an author called Joanne Lee. And she is pretty special in my eyes because she decided to write a book with no experience of doing it before about something that she's passionate about which will then help earliest children and others become passionate about the planet, the animals, and to live more sustainably. And as we know, sustainability is a big hot topic in education at the moment. And I think Joanne has a really nice way of introducing it to early years children. So let's go take a listen. Hi, 
Joanne, I am so excited to have you here today because you have something quite special in my heart, I have to say, in terms of the topic you have been, it sounds like called to, I think, Joanne. Please tell our wonderful listeners all about you and what and what you're doing. Okay, well, hello and uh, nice to meet up with you. I'm Joanne Lee, author on Facebook and Instagram, just to give you that nod. But basically, I just felt like I wanted to put my poetry into a collection during the pandemic. This got me into the practice of writing. And from this, I wrote some poems that I could see as illustrated picture books. Moving on along from there, I felt that there was a place for me to get out there with my picture books and raise some money for charity. I mean, all of that, tick, 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 win, 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 gorgeous. Like, what's your history with early years? Like, have you been a teacher? Have you had children go to early years? What's your connection? Well, a little bit of everything there. Um, Just before I had my children, I did do an early years course somewhere else I lived and uh, helped out in nursery and, you know, got into it there. And then I moved up to Gloucester, where I live, and I basically got a job there as I qualified as a teaching assistant and uh, began working in a nursery. And then obviously I've had my own children and gone through the early years process with them. And as to the question why I've come to sort of be doing this later in life, you know, menopausal, mid-50s woman, it's basically because, you know, my children have had my time. And so it's time for me. I am due to become a grandmother. Congratulations! So. So, um, yeah, it was time for me to do this. And I I just feel like it's just something I felt very strongly about. I love that. And I think that's also a really important message for a lot of our early years practitioners. Because I don't know about you, but being working in early years feels like a very young person's job. It is a very physical job. Like, you've got to be fit. And the older I got, (laughs) the more my back hurt, the more I couldn't get down on the, you know. But you're kind of showing us that, Actually, just because we're not in the classroom anymore doesn't mean we can't participate in the early years community. And you've still got so much more to give and you're going to do it and you're being an author and you're doing it that way and you're still being an active part of the community, which I think is wonderful. Well, I think community is like, if we've not learned that from the pandemic, I mean, come on, community is just so important. And I just, but I say that, the, defi- the the bottom line of it really why early years in that process with my picture books is the, is the charities that they raise for I really wanted to raise awareness of certain subjects that yes do meet with the curriculum and I strongly feel that the youngest it start at the beginning so that's exactly why I went to early years with my picture books no I love it and I think the topics that your books and your poems or about is also something that we need more of in early years like for you know sustainability it is a massive massive subject I mean even Ofsted now have put it in haven't they and we're talking about it in the reforms and it's such a big important topic now yeah it always has been but now it's really been put at the forefront but actually we don't really have a lot of resources to help us in that way but this is where your books come in right why are you so passionate about sustainability have you had any experiences or a personal attachment to that topic well it started off I first saw a program about dolphin captivity and the process of that and so I feel very strongly about the young you know the, the youngest children are the future and the messages that they are given early on 
are so important. And as I always say to children, when I get my book in front of them, I always say, you are the heroes of the future. And you're the people who are going to save the planet. You're the people who are going to look after everyone's heart. You're the people who are going to create that community. And above all, my biggest message is kindness. So, and that applies to everything. It applies to each other. It applies to every living thing, our planet. And is so important. So, and then obviously with Maximus, my book about a humpback whale, my interesting fact that I like to tell children because it goes down quite well is that I've met a humpback whale in the middle of the ocean. Whoa. For someone who's not a good swimmer, it's an insane thing I did, but I did get in the water and I swam in the wrong direction and ended up in a space with, you know, the snorkeling equipment on and I was above a humpback mother with her calf. Incredible moment and... That incredible moment led to me realising that I'd stepped out of my comfort zone and seen something amazing. And when I got back on the boat, I scared myself to death doing it. But the enormity and the fantastic magnificence of a whale just in its presence. And the biggest thing I think I feel about that is that the whale allowed me in the sea, in its presence. And it was it was just life changing. I got out of the water. I got on the boat. I wrote Maximus, the humpback whale, on that boat after I'd had that encounter with a whale. Because to me, it was a message to do something. Wow! I'm listeners can't see my face right now, but I'm just listening. Like, oh my god, I've never seen a whale. It's one of my dreams too. But that, like you say, that is such an incredible moment. Yeah. And it's also incredible that that single moment has inspired you to do all these things. I just think that's great. And it also shows other practitioners, but also like you say, the children, they can literally do anything. And you conquered your fear and you were, <laughs> you were in the presence of these most, like you say, majestic, beautiful creatures that let you be in their space. Yeah. And look what's happened. And I think that's kind of really the message of st- sustainability, isn't it? It's like, we all share this space. We all have a responsibility to have this space for us all, whether it be humans, animals the rest of the environment it's about you know sustaining that biodiversity exactly and a a whale in terms of the subject is a fascinating one not only are they magnificent creatures but they're so important to the planet you know they reckon that one whale and how it decarbonizes the atmosphere is equivalent to a forest in terms no yeah is in is equivalent to a forest so whales and humpback whales in particular have in the past been close to you know to the brink of extinction and with the help of like people realizing their importance their population has started to rise but um it's still uh, on the low scale things like whale poo which children you know will find amusing but a whale's poo is important to the sea. It sends out all nutrients and particles to smaller creatures. So there's a diversity in the ocean when a whale falls, when it, you know, when we lose a whale, it takes all that carbon and sinks it in the seabed. And it, it's just, there's so much to the subject. And then my particular thing that came to me with that book that I wanted to highlight was the rubbish, the plastic that's in the ocean 
the old fishing nets that are left and the entanglement of whales and the plastic pollution. And that does figure in the curriculum. So, you know, at some point I will create probably a resource pack for Maximus, who incidentally has just won a book prize. Congratulations, which one? Uh, the Golden Wizard Book Prize. So he now has a very proud gold seal on his book cover, which has only just happened in the last couple of weeks. So again, you know, this is all helpful to, it adds to the curriculum. It's like I've been into schools and I just felt really proud of Maximus when I took him to school <laughs> this book because it did fit in so well. You know, we had a lot to talk about. Well, this is it. And I think that's the most important thing because I'm imagining probably not some of our listeners, but maybe people who aren't familiar with early years and thinking of children at such a young age, well, hang on a minute, why do three-year-olds, two-year-olds, babies, five-year-olds, you know, they're not going to understand this concept, blah, blah, blah. but actually, no, there's so many conversations, right? I am so impressed when I've been in the nursery situation and the early years situation, and I've, I've done some simple things, like I've just took a bag of plastic, and as I've been reading, I've sat us in plastic, and I've had a recycling bag, and I've asked, and then the children have recycled the articles so they know we don't want to sit in that sea of rubbish. We don't want to do that. Why should a whale? And, you know, other cetaceans. And then asking the children what they know about recycling is really impressive. You know, it, there's a lot of children, even at that young age, know that plastic, you know, it should be recycled and it shouldn't be in the sea. You know, so these these messages, it just all it's done is made me feel more committed to this is where I should have started. You know, it's not where I'm going to stop, but because uh, I'm going to go into the, you know, the next years with my books. I'm hoping people grow up with me. But it does make you realize that even at that young age, they're impressed with these creatures and the understanding, you know, that how we can help keep our planet a safe place you're so right and it's that underestimation I think of people who don't really understand early years is that no they are sponges right now this is the best time to introduce these kinds of things and it's too important not to it you know at the end of the day it's the earth isn't it this is the planet we live on yeah. you know the doomed stories you hear on the news and, and cop 28 or I can't even remember what number we're on anymore to be honest Joe. But... very very relevant and um, I mean you know just across so many subjects conservation and like you say sustainability I've just brought the book out that's a counting book and it's starlings and just the point you've just made you know about the age group and stuff I took this book to an elephants group uh, last week and thinking oh you know it might be a bit young for some because it's counting I ended up with an age range there from like three years old to ten and the youngest were pointing at the starlings. I've also introduced other birds into the book as an introduction to bird watching. So across the range. So, you know, the point is that there's something to be there's something to be talked about across the board. Even children who've been older with Maximus have been able to discuss the process, the things that they can do to help. Uh, like you say, sustainability and the diversity of what is required. Yeah, and like you say, these children are literally going to be our future. We need their ideas 
to fix the mess that we're in and the only way to do that is to get them real with it straight away and it doesn't have to be you know scary or you know all of that because your picture books are gorgeous and I think they really put the message in a really nice yeah just refreshing way I mean it's Maximus you know will he be rescued that's the question and you know obviously he does and Delilah the dolphin which is about you know this is a really important message to me about wild and free with these dolphins. That's where you should see a dolphin, not in a tank. And, and and they just grasp the easy message. They don't sort of consider the other side of it, really. They're just seeing the positivity at that age. And, and that's something to grow up with. Exactly, because in a way, it's not just about highlighting the challenges that we're facing it's also inspiring them to do something about it and empowering our children and that's I think that's what your books do as well it also gives hope yeah massively and and positivity is is as I said to you before with kindness positivity is uh, and kindness are just so important and and I also think like you've just said empowering children to understand that they've got a role to play in this and I actually say to, I've said to some early years children, you know, in some situations, they listen better than adults and they like that. 100%. That is not a lie. That is that's very true. And it gives them some importance in this big decision for the future. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, decisions we make today affect their tomorrow. So they might as well be, they need to be included in the conversation. Absolutely. I love this. Speaking of kindness, though, your books they are linked to charities and you give proceeds to charities from your books please tell us all about that yes all proceeds go to charity haven't done it for personal gain um i just committed to it was my dream to be published in poetry and the picture books kind of followed on from that so yeah I'd, i've i've achieved my dream there by doing the books i, I didn't do it for monetary purpose except to wonder if i could make some difference to charities that I feel strongly about like whale and dolphin conservation and the Starlings book that I've just uh, released raises for Derbyshire Wildlife Trust these are fantastic and they have a lot of resources for schools to use and uh, both trying to conserve nature different elements of the planet in different ways yeah and and british heart foundation dream big donates to them and mummy's star is my caterpillar book um, ruben's retreat so yeah i've got quite a list of charities and then my menopause poetry does for crossroads derbyshire so I, i've just want i just feel you know i just wanted to try and make a little bit of difference and it's really difficult on your own. It's just me. I'm not an influencer, but I've been doing it a few years now and I'm I'm just sort of coming to a point of nearly raised about £2,000 for charities across the board. And also Homelessness is my little mouse book, I must mention, because that raises for Greater Manchester Mayor's Charity for the homeless. And these are all subjects that children easily take on board as something that they can do something to help in the future so yeah that it, it's all about positivity and kindness I think everything it's really interesting that you say oh you know roundabout words you know I'm I'm no one special I'm not an influencer but 
I actually think people like you are because you've been in the classroom. I mean, think about the teacher role. We are influencing all of these children's lives. We do have a say. I know, of course, we've got to follow curriculum and all this stuff, but we do. We do have an impact on the children that we teach and the families that we support. And I think if any of our listeners are listening to this and thinking, you know what? I'm really inspired by Joanne here. I've got an idea and I'd love to give back too. I think this is the place and this is the person to do it from because you're coming from a place of authenticity. You've been there, you've done that, you've got your passion. You know loads about it, but also you know about the children you're writing for. I think early years teachers have so many gifts and you're proving that. Like you've become this author that is giving back to charities and you're going into schools with your book and you're teaching children. I just think... It's so not just empowering for children, but for the early years practitioners, because sometimes, especially when you get told a lot, oh, so you just play with kids all day. It really demotivates you because that is not what we do at all. And hearing stories like you, I think is just inspiring. So what what would you say to a listener who's thinking, you know what, I want to be like Joe. I want to create something for early years and I want to go out there. What would you, What would you advise them? Well, I'd say in the way I kind of wrote a book that I didn't realise what I'd said in this book until it sort of hit me when I went reading it to children in school. And I ended up, my very first published book was Dream Big Little One. And I wanted to, as it's a book where it's, it's, it's a rhyming poetry throughout the book. And it's a book where, you know, we're talking about what the horse's dream is, what the toad's dream is, what the teddy bear's dream is. And it goes all the way through and it comes to a line in the book where the children say, what can I do? And I, I realised when I read it to the children, I turned this book towards them and I was thinking, I've said that to myself. You know, that's me. That line, like, literally sums up everything I've done. That is my question to things that I see. I think, what can I do? And so, and that applies to everybody. And you can do whatever you can do. And as the book says at the end, you know, you can dream, you can achieve, you can do anything if you believe. And you need to believe in yourself and your ability that you can play a part in this. That's as important to the adult as it is to these young children. And my favourite saying ever is a child in a classroom and held the book up and I said, when I was your age, you know, I've just, I've been reading books for so long and I love books. I've always had a love of them, proper bookworm. And it was my dream to have a book with my name on it. And I read the book and we spoke about everyone's dreams. And at the end, little boy put his hand up and he said when I go home I'm going to tell my mummy that dreams come true so I said oh that's fantastic what's made you think that not thinking and he said you because you got that book and that was your dream and I've never forgot that and that's 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 it that's how simple it is to feel like you've you've done something I'm close to tears, Joanne. Oh my God. How did you not bawl your eyes out when that boy said that to you? I'm like, oh my God, you beautiful person. It stayed with me all this time. And I think that's an important message to anybody. Any words of encouragement that I can give you, like you can do this, get up, do it. You can write. Everybody can write a poem. I strongly believe that. And it's just applying yourself to something and and taking that step. If that inspires else to do it then please do it amazing 
I am inspired. You know what? I don't know what I'm going to go write yet, but I'm like, yes, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't know it yet, but I can do it because Joanne said I could. Like, it's and, just yeah. wonderful. Totally believe. And I think that's that's what's great about the earliest community. I think there's so many people that behave like this with each other, that empower each other, that, you know, cheer people on because, you know, in the early years, we know what it's like. It's not an easy job. No. For children, it's not easy either. For parents, it's not easy. And it's just, you know, if we can all band together and help each other out even if it's just like this like words of affirmation just yeah believing fantastic community and, and my experience of going into early years with my books as as uh, has also been incredible local schools and that that I've been to it's just been an absolute pleasure that's really great and actually we've got some questions from listeners and members who follow us on social media as well so if you wouldn't mind no we'll put some questions to you okay so being an early years teacher yourself what would you advise on lessons or activities in earliest settings with your books about sustainability okay well firstly I have to say I wasn't an actual teacher don't big me open <laughs> that was you know I've done teaching assistant role but um uh, no 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 teaching assistants nursery nurses are all teachers in early years let's get that yeah. out of your head right now Absolutely. Yeah, I just, well, I say I've, I've come to realise that I, I set out with the poetry idea and then they turn, I turned them illustrated into picture books and then I realised how many subjects in terms of lesson planning for teachers that were being raised. And then I've, I've also, as I've gone into schools, obviously particularly with Maximus and definitely the my Starling's book is going to be a useful book in a classroom, is that there's just so many subjects to discuss. So, you know, like in Dream Big Little One, I've always took in like colouring pages for children to colour in. I had a colouring page competition uh, that somebody won a book as a prize for children to discuss their dreams and to be told ways in which to achieve those dreams steps to take towards you know not the ridiculous that what you can do and then what the planet thing is like just as I said before strongly feel that these are the age group it's got to be in children's heads that like the wild and the free we must look after the sea we must find a way to use less plastic we mustn't be putting it into our oceans you know these animals need to increase uh, we need to understand that a whale's important why is it important talk to children about that you know what are all the other creatures in the sea that benefit what does the atmosphere benefit from I mean the subject is massive and as I say Stalin's book with its is my first maths was never my strong subject but this is obviously a simple counting book but it's a simple counting book that will make children look for starlings I introduce the notion that starlings create murmurations and murmurations can be anything and then you can pursue that subject and see that there has been murmurations of starlings that look like a goose or a whale or you know and you can create your own idea around that subject and the way that then we're bird watching these birds that and then taking up that subject so and then creating your own poem this is a something else poetry slightly off subject here possibly but poetry in schools I remember being bored of poetry and I've loved poetry since I was little 
and I can remember being bored of poetry. But I can't remember anyone really encouraging me to write poetry. And that's for that reason I've got the new book coming, as I mentioned. I am going to run a poetry competition for that book to encourage somebody to take that step and to publish them with me in that book. So my books basically are, are about, you know, believing in yourself, the kindness you can show to in community, the kindness you can show to animals, the kindness you can show to the planet, that animals should be where they should be, just like we are, their safe environment in the wild and the free. I have a little mouse who's homeless, you know, and I raise that subject in a very delicate way. And I just think these are the things that the subjects that are raised and they become awareness of them but as an adult who's reading a book to a child it becomes a conversation you know it's something to talk about and the more you talk about things the more awareness you raise and then that's obviously going to benefit the need of it yeah and I think that's raised a really important point that actually you don't have to have all these massive you know big fancy fancy activities and all of this planning that just talking about it is enough right. just actually having that open dialogue and that conversation and I think as well because of the word you know sustainability you know all those big words scientific words biodiversity and you know all of that it can actually scare people and go hang on a minute I don't think I actually am qualified I don't, I don't think I know enough yeah. to teach children about it be open with that go and explore together you know yeah, well, I've said that to you before, um, that, I, you know, I don't, I make no claims to being an expert of everything. But, you know, I have been to see whales in the natural environment. And I've obviously, that's encouraged me to read more about it, to speak to people, other people who know more about it, to speak to them. And that in, in that subject, whoever is like the teacher or the parent, then, then that becomes what they know about it and they have to find something out to then pass that on to the child and again this is all raising awareness and it's basically a conversation you're absolutely right because the minute that you put big words into something that somebody they're, they're automatically a little bit put off by it and a little bit standoffish from it so make it as simple as it can be to make the point yeah, and I think that's exactly what your books do as well is, of course, you can go to the charities that you were talking about and get their resources too, which we will absolutely put links to in, in the episode description. But like, if you're worried, use your books. That's, you know, you've created that that first point for discussion, which is amazing. So this last question we've got from one of our followers is, I really want to talk about sustainability with my class, but we're in a deprived area and a lot of them haven't even seen animals at the farm. I'm worried that this subject will be too overwhelming for my children. How would you best approach it? That's a great question because when I I feel this in in when I speak to you about saying something being wild and free and that this applies to dolphin captivity in particular that these animals and they're not meant to be seen in tanks they're meant to be wild and free but if you can't say afford to travel to where you might find them then how are you going to see them well stop right there you don't have to go to far-flung countries anymore to see dolphins you know it's a day out to whales also is massive resource of video you know technology of watching and there's so many programs around it i'm just presently just watched whale 
uh, with Steve Batchel. Me too. Fascinating. So there's lots of resources, and that, and to me, then these are young children, and like you say, they're in a deprived situation. This is another way to attach imagination to things that you might do in the future. You know, you might not be able to do that now, but we can talk about it. We can read about it. We can watch it. And sometime in the future, you know, hopefully you might expand upon these subjects and do something to help, to view, to see it for yourself. I just think it's all the same subjects, isn't it, really? It's always coming down to sort of believing in what you can achieve, what you can do and positivity. In a classroom situation of a deprived area, all the more reason to be showing how fantastic the ocean is around the world. Exactly, and it's like you say, work with what you know. Okay, we might not be able to start with the ocean, but let's start with our local environment, because that's where we are right now, and build up to that. You're so right. Nature reserves in your local area. You know, we've all got access. We've all got a starling landing in you know, somewhere close by, everyone's seen a robin. It's a broad range across the animals and the, and the roles that they play in the planet and, you know, your involvement in that. And I, th- I think children, the more involvement they have with nature and a lot of nature, you know, is obviously free. There's so much to observe, isn't there? Like caterpillars and insects and their importance in the garden and, you know, where, like my Katrin Caterpillar book, you know, becoming a, a, a caterpillar. But I use that subject not as just a, on the nature environment. It's about change. And change is a massive subject to young, early years children because they're changing literally week by week growing up, what information they're being fed, what hopes they have, things that are happening in their family life. Change is, you know, all the time. And when you hit a moment that feels like you, you're a butterfly. Oh, there are so many quotable things you're saying, Joanne. I'm like, that's a t-shirt. That's a key ring. That's a mug. Like, it's brilliant quotes. I love it. Oh, thank you so much for this. Now, it's not over yet, just so you know. You've done the hard work. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. So we play a game with all of our guests at the end of the episode called Would You Rather Teacher Edition? And I've got some tailored questions just for you. But the first one is always the same. Would you rather tea or coffee? Tea, always. A specific tea or just all tea? Uh, I'm afraid I'm, I, it's tea bag wise, it's Yorkshire tea all day long. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, breakfast tea if you haven't, but that's the cracker do you have like do you have milk and sugar with your tea or do you have it black so i just have to have it as it comes and it's amazing when you stop having sugar how you can taste sugar in milk yes i noticed that like i can't have sugar in my tea i find it really strange because i'm like but the milk there's there's something in the milk like why and also it's it's tea why coffee can be sweet but yeah tea bag i am tea bag all day long Nice. Wonderful. There you go. That was a nice, easy one. Usually in this position, I would, for the past quite a few episodes or so, I've said coffee. I've suddenly made a change to coffee in the past couple of years. I'm going back to tea again. Something's happening, Joanne. I'm changing again. I'm like, no, I'm coming back to tea. I need it. No, not coffee. (laughs) There you go. I've been told, so I shall do as I'm told. Question number two. Oh, this is really hard. 
Would you rather whales or dolphins? Okay, well, you, I, I know we had a heads up on this question and I, I did say to you it would take me weeks to answer it. <laughs> dolphins, so in my heart with the smiling face and the beauty of them. But after meeting a whale and after seeing whales in the natural environment and how important they are and they're so amazing that it's got it's a whale I, I I have to agree with you because after we had that initial conversation I was like hang on a minute what would I pick I was like no dolphins are great they are great but the only thing that tipped it for me is perhaps perhaps this is very shallow their noise might be a little bit annoying <laughs> Yeah, do that noise just to demonstrate, but I can't. But also, <laughs> just as a sideline, as I even had that conversation with my husband, whale or dolphin, and he said, you know it's a whale. And I said, it is, but my head's arguing all the time for the dolphin. Um, and also a dolphin is, is, I think, it's is it the second most intelligent animal on the planet? Yeah, they're so intelligent. They're incredible. So a dolphin already looking at me saying that I'm stupid. <laughs> Yeah, if there are any dolphins listening to this podcast, because they're probably clever enough to do that. I'm sorry. We we still love you. We do. <laughs> Beautiful. And last but certainly not least, I'm going to appeal to the adventurer in you now, Joanne. Would you rather go skydiving or scuba diving? Well, that's not the best choice for me because I'm not a great swimmer, but I hate high. So I would be scuba diving in the ocean is an amazing place. It is an amazing place, but I am also extremely terrified of the ocean. I don't know why. I think it's because I've got like this fear of drowning. <laughs> Strangely. Um, I don't particularly like being in the sea in the, when I was in the vast of it, but um, I love being uh, on the sea. I love being on boats. So Me too. Everywhere I go, I always go on boat trips. Me too. I literally have come back from the Lake District. I went to the Lake District last week and we did the Ullswater steamer. Yeah. So we went um, on the Allswater lakes and was on the boat and it was just incredible. Nothing nicer. Beautiful. And it, there really isn't. Even though I am terrified of the ocean, I would also pick that because I feel like skydiving is enthralling and amazing and it feels like you're flying, but it's done in seconds and you don't really like see a lot. It's more about the feel of it. But if you go scuba diving, like in coral reefs and seeing like I can just picture finding Nemo in my eyeballs that's all I can see <laughs> yeah it's just I mean, like you just like you say be, be over fairly swift with the skydiving and as I say I just I've dipped myself in the ocean on that dramatic one occasion and, and look at what happened so it's literally inspired your next chapter in life which is in yeah. turn inspiring other people like it's so cool yeah. it's so cool <laughs> anyway thank you so much that's the end of the test don't worry you've passed the test it's all good <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know more our listeners certainly want to know more so tell us have you got anything exciting coming up have you got any more have you got any more books like what's happening okay well as I say we did have a delay this year so my two books that just came out together one is Raising for Derbyshire Wildlife Trust and the other is about a dolphin. Don't tell the dolphin that chose a whale. And uh, that <laughs> dolphin project, massively important all around the world. But I've got this really exciting project coming up in the spring when I'm releasing, it's going to be called Into the Willow Wood and it's a treasury of poetry for our children. 
but more exciting is I'm actually running a poetry competition. Uh, if people go to carnishbooks.com on their website, uh, you'll be able to see a little, uh, she's done an excerpt of me reading one of the poems from the book with illustration. And the poetry competition is kind of based around that for children under 12 to create um, a, like a poetry postcard, something positive. And the winner of the competition is going to be professionally illustrated and I'm going to put them in my book. Oh my God. They will also win a couple of copies for their school and a virtual or depending on where it is, author visit. I mean, can adults apply for this competition? <laughs> on this occasion, no. But um, oh. you never know in the future because I just feel very strongly. It's just so many talented people in the world who don't express themselves with the talent that they have got the gift for something yeah that's my message to people you know there are things you can do and go out there and do them incredible i am so excited for these projects and these new books that are being released thank you so much of course we'll put all of the links to where we can buy your books in the episode description as well but you're on social media and things aren't you what what about if our listeners want to get in contact with you directly or even ask you to come to their school how do we reach you okay well i'm joanne lee joanne with a h joanne lee arthur on facebook and instagram and obviously you can message me on there easily enough but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been into quite a few schools and I, I do think more schools could make use of me. I think, you know, it's it's quite important to see someone normal doing someone something that they think, you know, I don't have to, I'm not some best-selling author, I'm just someone's mum who sat off with an idea and is doing something useful with it. So yeah, feel free to ask. Amazing. Okay. I can just imagine all our listeners going, all right, let's get this. Let's go click on the button, which is great. Tap, tap away. All of the links that they will ever need to contact you and buy your books will be in the episode description. Joanne, thank you so much for coming. It's been a wonderful chat today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Lovely to talk to you. You made me feel really at ease. Thank you so much. I'm going to go read your books now. Okay. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) Thanks very much. Oh, thanks, Joe. I told you that was lovely, wasn't it? Isn't she such a nice person? And she has done it just because she had a passion for something and she wanted to get her message out. And you know what? So can you. So can our early years children. I think it's a great message for everyone. So if you want to go and learn more, go and check out the episode description for all of the links I said I was going to pop in. And go and find out some more about sustainability and see what you can do to put it into your settings and have those conversations with your children. Let us know how you get on. But until the next time, I hope you have a great day and I'll see you all soon. Bye. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to join in or would like to know more, then come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook page, Facebook groups, an Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. All the links of where to find us will be in our podcast description. Come and join the conversation. And whatever you're doing today, I hope you have a great day.